best thing about tacos is you can make like a whole dinner set for like a family and like that's a meal right there it's true you set up a whole family dinner and just eat the whole family mm -hmm. so i just copy what my mom did for dinner and just eat it myself <laughs> So it's reading week, Danny. Yeah, only two tacos left. We better finish this up quick. <laughs> Just so our viewers know, across from me, or kind of to my right, on an angle, on this angular table, <clears throat> is the world-famous Danny Grant. I don't know, are you world-famous? Mm. Do you have, like, anyone in any other country that knows you? One time, uh, somebody tried to put me on the Chetwin Wikipedia site, <laughs> and I got taken off the next day. <laughs> So, <laughs> so I might be infamous for world, being that yeah, jerk. I was gonna say world infamous. <laughs> Who puts Dan. themselves on the Wikipedia site? <laughs> I didn't. Somebody else did. I'll see if I can go on an update. <laughs> <sighs> yes. So the world infamous Danny Grant is sitting sort of to my to my forty five degrees at the corner of a square table. So is there an arc for you in taco eating? Does it like the first one's usually really good because sometimes you know you forget what tacos taste like, or you add different things. <laughs> right. I only have cheese and lettuce, which is pretty sad. And now you're out of cheese, so it must be a downward arcade. Like. Mm -hmm. But I do love tacos, so it's just a pretty good, consistent, okay. happy time. It's a good ride. That's good. That's good to know. <laughs> in case you want to have tacos. Yeah. Do you want to have well, this last one? In case I want to have seven tacos. Well, I don't really eat meat, but I mean, I have like a lettuce wrap. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Lettuce cheese wrap. You can cut that out, right? <laughs> That's not bad. What's what's wrong with well, that? Well, like by now I should know you're a vegetarian well, it's, enough. It's okay. I don't get offended. Why not? Because that's petty. Oh. Do you want this piece of lettuce? Yeah, I do. Thanks. Just so you know it's gonna be really loud. People will be able to hear you. Wow, you eat lettuce louder than anyone. <laughs> I am just kidding. I'm sure there's louder eaters. Louder lettuce eaters. So what's going on? Spaces. spaces. You know what Spaces is? Have you heard of this? No. Trinity Western Tradition. I went to the thing last year, and I wasn't even a resident here. That's how big of a deal this is. Wow. Spaces, the release party. It's our um, Trinity Western has a art, an art culture magazine. We'll post the link to it on our blog, twhub.blogspot.ca. Um, it's a, it's a, it's an, it has a lot of artwork. Um, a lot of photography, poems, prose. They're expanding it to include monologues, bits from theater pieces too, apparently, which is exciting for us theater majors. Um, and the release party is March 2nd at 7.30 at the Old Town Hall in Fort Langley. So where do they get all this stuff from? Like, do people submit it or...? Yeah, it's all Trinity people. They, had, they went around to classrooms, I think, a little while ago and said, hey, submit your stuff. Oh. You know, you know one of my plans for reading week was, Danny? What? <clears throat> I was going to make a whole bunch of peanut butter sandwiches, put them in a garbage bag, get in a canoe, and shove off West Vancouver into the Pacific Ocean and just drift for all of reading week and see where I end up. It's a terrible idea. You would die. <laughs> That's what everyone keeps telling no, me. No, I just told you that. <laughs> no, but everyone keeps telling me oh. that. I don't know if that's true. Because you don't know until you it's try. cold and you're surrounded yeah. by water and stuff. That was when it really hit me. I was like, you know what? It gets to be like two degrees at nighttime. Sometimes even cooler in the ocean. That would be not fun. Yeah, and like day two, you're already being circled by birds, right? 
Because they know you're oh, not going to make it. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> those birds. <laughs> they know. Those darn birds. Those seagulls. Those, those, those Hitchcockian birds. Ravens are smart, man. Yeah. I met a Buddhist once, and he told me he saw a raven that was just, like, flying through the air and would randomly swoop down and come back up. And he was, like, didn't know what this bird was doing, so he followed this bird, and um, there was a group of ravens, and they were attacking the seagull carrying a fish. And the fish or the fish fell out of the seagull's mouth, and that raven swooped down and, and grabbed the fish. So the raven was smart enough to practice this maneuver before they went and attempted it. What? <laughs> That's how smart ravens are. That's incredible. They're like they're like Spartans. The Spartans are <laughs> of birds. They just practice before they even do it. Yeah, well, yeah. You're comparing it to Spartans as if I'm supposed to go into some kind of segue and talk about Spartans, but I'm just not getting <laughs> it. <laughs> Actually, that wasn't my intention, but that's perfect. We should we should move on to the Spartan update pretty soon. Um, yeah, let's do that. <clears throat> so later in the show. We're going to have an interview with the co-founders of The Undercurrent. Voice modulated, by the way. Our interview is going to be voice modulated. So, so that you can't tell who they are? Mm-hmm. That's smart. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll go now to Danny with the Spartan Update. Men's basketball won against UFV, and women's basketball lost against UFV in their last season games. The men's team will advance into third place, and uh, they'll have their playoffs the following week. As for volleyball, they've already gone through the playoffs. Both the men's and the women's team have advanced. The men's team beating um, Winnipeg, and the women's team beating Calgary. So they'll both go to their final four, and then hopefully to nationals the following week. So you won't be seeing that many Spartan athletes in, the, in volleyball around, hopefully. Or you might see them, and then that means that they lost. (laughs) Cool. Last week, the track team had some success. Rebecca Marchant sets TWU pole vault record again. Apparently, these pole vaulters are pretty good. Or how does that work? Do they just do they pick a larger pole once (laughs) they get to like the max height? Or why don't you just pick the biggest pole (laughs) you can and just spring up over there? Yeah. Oh, you would get so injured, though, wouldn't you? Just kidding. We know it takes a lot of upper body strength. <laughs> this is Sparta! Somewhere in the early months of the academic school year, as children were hustling and bustling around campus, getting their Mars Hill newspapers, a small independent newspaper began to make its circulation. It emerged on tables of pods in Robson Hall, on some benches of R&T, in the cafeteria, and various other hot spots around campus. The undercurrent has been generating quite a stir around campus, provoking loud yays and some embittered nays on campus pathways. Honest, bold, and always provocative, the undercurrent has begun to make a name for itself here at TWU, and the T-Dub Hub has caught up with the undercurrent's anonymous founders, M. Fisher and Dr. J. They join me live in the T-Dub Hub. Welcome to both of you. Good to be here. Thanks for us. We're just going to start off. Tell us as little or as much as you want about yourselves. Dr. J. Well, literally for a uh, number of years now, I've seen lots of different uh, Marcel years, and I've never been much of a Marcel writer, so it was a bit of a, bit of a jump doing this, but it's been a lot of fun. And Fisher? 
about the uh, closing end of my degree here, and kind of felt, kind of felt coming into this last year that it'd be good to to leave something something behind for for future students to leave some sort of a legacy. And so the undercurrent was that it was a fun project, and we just wanted to fit. So, so what was the inspiration for the undercurrent? How did all this get started? Started as any old damn thing. You know, it was a, a conversation over a glass of mead over the summer. Just uh, we were just shooting, shooting the breeze, talking about ideas, and just thought. Oh, I think I initially I said something about like let's start it. At, I think I used the word anarchist news. That well, kind of that kind of just percolated with me. That was a sweet idea, and uh, I and then I went into the year. I just I thought, well, you know. What can't we do, right? Why not just see if we can make this happen? And so we got we got we got going with the uh, writing some articles and getting people we knew interested. And uh, Dr. J was our has been our columnist for the whole for the whole thing. And uh, we started to get a lot of articles from assortment of people with different things that they wanted to say. And I think one of the driving factors for people to write for the undercurrent is. Uh, the ability to speak anonymously and the the lack of uh, controls that come with um, being connected with a with a school that I mean we don't disagree with the mission statement of the school we don't agree disagree with the values of you know institutions like the Marcel but there still should be a podium for people to be able to say what they want to say without you know fear of judgment. Can you give us an example of one of your more provocative articles and? the positives of anonymity in that area? In, in particular, um, one of the places where we really saw it come in handy was we had an article about a clock of the uh, hopefully impending union at Trinity <laughs> Western. And the person who wrote the article was in a bit of a sensitive position, and if they had have published that in the Marseille well, for starters, we don't actually think the Marcel would have published it, but if they had it, it would have been a bit of a conflict of interest, so them being anonymous was really helpful, because we actually were able to get that idea out there. So different people have said different things about this publication, and you mentioned the Mars Hill. Some people have said that you've been overly or unnecessarily critical of the Mars Hill. One issue you guys put out around the time of the unionization fiasco called the Mars Hill the administration's propaganda machine. What led you to make such bold accusations? Well, I think we need to make it clear that the undercurrent doesn't have a hegemonic, monolithic voice that it's trying to propagate. We allow people who have opinions and who write their opinions well and eloquently to say things. So this was a specific writer. This, you know, understand context. It was getting heated. I mean, there were, I'm sure we could dredge up some things that weren't said in the undercurrent, but perhaps said in other venues that were pretty uh, inflammatory as well. The dust has settled a little bit, and I hope that cooler heads will prevail, and we won't be, uh, as a student body, kept into two separate camps. But I think the point was that we wanted to allow an alternative view to, to get out there. And I mean, ultimately, I hope that it made people think, think about the issue in question. And you know, the point wasn't... The point has never been to tear down the Marcelo or to tear down the administration. You know. We um, we actually, and this is something that we 
wrote about in our very first issue of the Undercurrent, but we, we love the Marsu. Uh, we know a lot of people on there, and we love the work that they do, and we love, we love it when people get involved on campus in, in a literary sense, and Marsula is really great for that. Um, where we think that that, there is, there is, however, a place where that doesn't quite work, and that's why we're there, that's why we're an anonymous platform. We're able to print things that the Marsil hopefully won't be able to print, and obviously there's some overlap, but we try to print things that wouldn't otherwise get printed. So. Do you have any examples of run-ins you've had with Mars Hill people, or from, um, I heard that you guys had a cease and desist, because at first you were putting the Mars Hill on top of, or the undercurrent on top of Mars Hill things? Well, we got a, this wasn't for Mars Hill, but we got a letter from one of the deans over the clock, uh, the clock article, so that, you know, we knew we were doing something right if we, <laughs> we got some, uh, some flack from, uh, the administration or from the, you know, team's office, so. Not so much of a run-in, but uh, distributing the last issue of the undercurrent. Uh, we always try to slip slip a couple of issues of the undercurrent under uh, the Mars Hill door. Uh, it's, it's a bit cheeky, but uh, nice. You know, we we like them to know that we're there and uh, you know exist. So they're hard to come by. It's we're doing yeah. them a favor. <laughs> Yeah, limited distribution here. <laughs> but there was a do not disturb sign on the Mars Hill door. And so I took a couple of issues and just slid them under the door quickly and walked away. And from behind me, as I rounded the corner, I heard the door swing open and somebody started running after me. <laughs> so I, I ran up the stairs and uh, out into the, the mail room and looked to the cross the mail room to the, the far door and they were pursuing me up the stairs and I just turned the corner when I got to the top of the stairs and avoided detection. Wow. They didn't pursue me any further, but it was fun. <laughs> I think they want to know who we are. So what do you, what would you say your, um, your biggest hope then for the undercurrent is? What do you want to accomplish with the undercurrent? Well, we obviously said a little before that we want this to continue on after we're done. Um, we don't necessarily, in, we don't see it overtaking the Marcel or replacing the Marcel or anything like that. We we want the Marcel to continue, to continue doing what they're doing. Hopefully, there's a couple of different things. Hopefully, this goads the Marcel, though, into improving. You know, it's, it's good to have some competition. Um, your work gets better. And as well, just that anonymous platform, I just think it's really important for the intellectual health of the university to have these ideas get out there that wouldn't otherwise be out there. So even if being anonymous does sacrifice something, these ideas are getting out there, and I think that's pretty important. So I would add that, you know, the undercurrent has started as uh, a couple of us are, are different visions for what an uh, anonymous uh, publication could look like. But I guess for the future, we would like to see, you know, other students to take it up and it, for it to continue and, uh, and like, embody uh, new visions and new uh, new ideas and uh, just so they could be a platform for creativity and expression. That's 
ultimately the you know the end goal. Absolutely. So, any thoughts as to who will be the torchbearer that you pass the torch on to the end to continue your legacy? Well, it's funny that you should ask that. Actually, we have our co-editor right here. Hi, everybody. Hello. Uh, what's 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 your name? I'm E. M. Tremalchio. E. M. Tremalchio. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having us on the show. Yeah, thanks for being here and joining us. So, Tremacchio, uh, what do you hope will be the undercurrent's enduring legacy at Trinity Western? I think the undercurrent presents a lot of opportunities um, that maybe Mars held them as far as allowing students to speak about things they really care about but maybe want to say it in a, um, in a different sphere. I think it's really exciting to see the undercurrent show up whenever it does. You're not sure exactly when it's going to come. I think it's really interesting, actually, to get uh, different viewpoints from students. Uh, so far, there have been a lot of um, more, I guess, political ideas in the undercurrent, and it's also interesting to talk, as I talk to more of um, my friends on Trinity who'd like to be part of the undercurrent, more um, artistic submissions coming our way and just more ideas that are around Trinity that I think is really exciting to see them coming in. Without spoiling too much, do you have any examples? Of- sure, I think in the next issue there'll actually be a poetry piece and, um, and an artistic piece, and the same author will be will be contributing more in the future. We definitely want to expand on the visuals and also um, do more of the B-sides in the future. So you mentioned the B-sides. Could you explain a little bit more what the B-sides are about? Sure. Due to the undercurrent's nature, since it's only a one-page spread, well, um, front and back, uh, sometimes we have weeks where we get more submissions, and we would love for you to be able to see them. So um, the undercurrent also has a blog, which is, I think, under the undercurrent.blogspot.com or .ca. And um, so there we run actually an extended edition of the pipe smoking article, which is fantastic. And I think right now we only have one other thing on there, a poem. Um, But in the future, we hope to expand the undercurrent blog so that anything that isn't actually printed in the current edition of the undercurrent will be um, posted to the B-sides. And there's actually a a separate editor for the B-sides, and everything goes through him. So um, we're hoping to, as the undercurrent grows, that maybe all the extra stuff can end up going on to B-sides. And then if somebody does multiple um, images in a week, maybe those can also go on to the B-sides. So it's actually quite exciting. Cool. So if you're, if you're worried about uh, starting in the undercurrent, you're not, about, you're not sure what you want to write about, definitely submit, because we'd love to have you either on the B-sides or on the undercurrent. A lot of potential coming this way. Yeah, we'd really like to see a lot of growth in the future. We want more people to think about submitting to the undercurrent. And it's really exciting, actually, to see something show up and ask people if they've read it, and then they don't even know it's you. It's, it's exciting. We're also with Blogspot, the T-Dub Hub, and we will link to your Blogspot, twhub.blogspot.ca. Thanks for, for getting us in on this. Well, thank you. So when can we expect the ne- next issue? Well, uh, sometime this week, you'll know. Do you have any hints as to to what the uh, ground you'll be covering? We don't have an article on feminism or frugality, unfortunately. Those are some areas we're not covering. (laughs) All right. Well, we know what they're not covering. Keep your your eyes and ears peeled for the latest edition of The Undercurrent and... uh, Send us articles. Like we we always we're always looking for articles and ideas. And yeah, please, we have an email address. Yeah, could you tell us what your email address is? It's under the undercurrent at gmail dot com. And where can people usually find? Where are the most common places to find these? A lot of the locations you listed are good places. You know, Robson, RNT, the Atrium. We we try to distribute the Atrium. It, it, really, we don't have a. A formula, it's just kind of, we, we, got, we walk around, we 
quickly place them in several locations. We don't, you, where you can find them is uh, on the uh, Mars Hill. <laughs> so that's, that's a guarantee, but pretty much everywhere else is game. Been known to be found underneath uh, professors' doors. So, do you guys have any last anonymous words? M. Fisher? I would just say, keep it pregnant, people. Dr. J? Keep on brewing. Keep it pregnant and keep on brewing. Thank you guys so much for this interview. It's been a really good time. It's been a great time, guys. So. Thanks for tuning in today. The intro and segue music you heard was written and recorded by Tyler Dumoulin, and the outro music was Reign of Judah by Josh Dower. You can find more information about these gentlemen or anything else you heard on the show by visiting our blog at twhub.blogspot.ca. We want to hear from you. Email us at twhub at gmail.com with any twhub rants that you might have, any of your music you'd like us to feature, ideas for new segments or events you'd like to promote. Our show gets better with the more things we get from you, so give us a hand. Send us an email, twhub at gmail.com. My co-host today has been Daniel Grant. Daniel Grant occurs incorrectly on the internet, but you can find him on Facebook and maybe even befriend him. But if he doesn't know who you are, he's not likely to add you. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Daniel Grant has been with us almost exclusively live at the T-Dub Hub. I'm going to echo the words of M. Fisher when I tell you, keep it pregnant, people.